Amen. When he was a young fellow, I didn't know. I thought, well, that boy, I don't know if he's going to make it or not. But uh, I, I think some of it was beat out of him, maybe. Amen. Straightened him out. Good, good to see him coming around. Appreciate you all. James chapter 1, we're going to read verses 17 and 18. <clears throat> every good gift, somebody say every. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no veritableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will he begat us with the word of truth. This next phrase I want you to take note of, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Amen. From that Amen. Verse 18 today, I want to, amen, that we shall be, I want to just minister today, amen, know who you are. Say it with me. Know who I am. You are. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. Um, Really, before I get into this, I want to kind of lay a little bit of a foundation because really it's about relationship. Somebody shout relationship. And like anything else, before we can be successful with any relationship, including our relationship with God. How many knows that our relationship with God is the most important? It really is. And before we can understand our relationship with God, we must understand ourselves. Amen. I've got to know who I am. And the first part of understanding yourself is to remember who you are. Come on, we've got to know who we are. I don't care who you are today. You're somebody in the Lord. You're special to God. So knowing who we are and where you came from is important. Why? Because if I remember where I came from, it'll help me to stay where the Lord's brought me. Because I don't want to go back to that. Amen. So we've got to know where we came from and, and know what our purpose is. I think... There lies a lot of folks' problems today, especially among the Christian ranks. I believe we really don't know what our purpose is, and we should. I believe God wants us to know that. I believe God wants us to know we came from Him. We came from God. I I believe the Lord wants us to know that we are His prized possession. Somebody shout the church. His prized possession. We were created for His glory. Well, that got a little quiet. Come on, we didn't, we weren't created to make ourselves something or, or be something for ourselves. And amen, you know, when we look in the mirror, think we're the greatest thing there ever was. That's not what it's about. We were created for his glory. You show his glory to this world. How? Through our testimony, how we live our life. It's important that we understand our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, because all healthy relationships. Begin with self-respect. I don't know about you, but it's something I've battled for a while, battled from time to time. I think any person will battle with the thought of self-respect. Sometimes we allow what other people say or do or treat us uh, to determine our, our self-respect. That's not what it's about. Amen. Especially when we talk about spiritual things and talk about knowing about God, our relationship with God. Because one thing we know, if we don't respect and love ourselves, we're going to have a hard time loving other people. 
Ask my wife. When I'm mad at myself, I'm mad at her. And everybody else that comes in the room. Come on, when, we, when, we're not, when we're on ourselves, we're really not, you know, in tune with what's going on. And so if we don't respect or love ourselves, then we'll have a very hard time respecting and loving others. Because if you don't respect yourself, how can you expect others to respect you? We think sometimes by the things we do, how we, you know, our merits earn us respect. That's not what it's about. We live for God. He'll take care of the rest. He'll lay those things out if we're sincere and honest with him. Every good gift comes from God. Every perfect gift comes from God. There's some things here today, amen, that James writes about. James is Jesus' half-brother, and he wrote this. And so very quickly in his writing, we begin to talk about who we are. Because he says that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Look at your neighbor and say first fruits. Because he begins by stating every perfect gift is from God. The one who created light. From the one who, what? Never changed. In God there's no variance. He don't change one bit. He's still God. In fact, he don't have to change. You got to remember, and I got to remember, we're only made in his image. We're not gods. We're just made in his image. But when we have his spirit, we have his direction. When we have his spirit, we have his respect. And if we don't respect ourselves, then guess what? We're not going to respect the things of God. We will miss it. Because James is setting up his next statement in this verse. Look what he says. In the very next verse, James says, God brought us to life by his word. And what? We became his most precious possession. Look at your neighbor and say, know who you are. You're a prized possession. Young ladies, you may not have a boyfriend right now. Hallelujah, glory to God. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're so. But you're God's prized possession. Young men, you may not have a girlfriend right now. I don't see, hear the hallelujah, glory to God. What, what a difference. No. We, but we are special. We are a prized possession of God's. I don't care where you, listen, I don't care where you go, what you do. I don't care where we go, what we do. We're his possession. Come on, we're God's prize. The devil likes to try to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the things that he steals is how we feel about ourselves and how we know who we are in God. Come on, God loves me. God loves you. And when we go through things, it doesn't mean he don't love us anymore. I've spanked my kids, amen, because of things they've done. But it didn't change that I, that I love them. Sometimes we go through something, man, it hurts a little bit. We think, wow, and we question it. In fact, I'll say it this way. You know, have you ever been, I have. you ever been spanked for something your sibling did? I didn't deserve it. Well, you just learn, well, it's probably for those times that I didn't get spanked and got by with it. You reap what you sow, it comes full circle. So 
But God brought life to us. God gives us the life, and we have become his precious possession. What may, Listen, what makes us, because we need to know who we are, what makes you so precious, and what makes you such a prize right now? If you got a little compact, ladies, take it out and look at that mirror. I don't see it. What makes, what makes us such a prized possession? Because you're going to be able to reach people. You're going to be able to live a life of testimony before people that I won't. Come on, someone else won't. You're special to God because he doesn't want anyone to lose out. He wants all of us to be delivered. He wants everyone to be saved, whosoever will. And so when we testify and we live our life knowing who we are, we know that God brought you into this world, did he not? We think it's mom and dad. God brought us into this world. Doesn't matter what earthly circumstances that your birth was. Well, you know, I was born during the Depression. Everybody's out of a job, so, you know. I was born during the, uh, you know, the ice storm. I was conceived during the ice storm. Nobody got out. Now, <laughs> Come on, these are things that we, sometimes we think, oh, in fact, some say, you know, well, I, I was a mistake. Maybe to your mom or dad, maybe in the moment of circumstance, but I promise you, you're not a mistake to God because he's the one that gives life. He's the one that before, amen, a child is formed in the belly or in the womb, guess what? Amen, he knows who you are. You're not an accident. My Lord, well, I forgot to take my pill. You're not, a, you're not an accident. Come on, I know we, we don't talk about some of these things so much, but listen, we got to know who we are. we got to understand, God put you right where you are for a purpose. You have a reason to be where you're at right now. God brought you into this world. It's the Lord, amen. God put you here. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter the background. What matters is for you to know who you are in God. Because you are a prized possession or you would not be here. God gives life. The Bible says that you are a what? A perfect gift from above. Look how, just in these two verses, look what James points out. You're a perfect gift from above. Look at your neighbor. That cannot change. There's no variableness or shadow of turning about that. Get it? You are the most prized possession of God. I don't know if this is the correct term or not, but you know, you're the apple of his eye. We understand what that means. It's very special. Amen. When someone's the apple of your eye, that's something special. That's who we are today. That's who you are. Somebody lay your hands on your chest and say, that's me. I'm special. You're here today because God allowed you to be here. I'm not talking about in this room. I'm talking about living and breathing. On this earth, you're here because God allowed it. So that means there's a reason for your life. 
Don't take for granted that, well, amen, I, while I woke up and I'm breathing. Listen, we just kind of, you know, wake up and we kind of take that for granted. But really, God gave me breath today for a reason. Maybe it's just to run into somebody that's just an old sour puss, and when you look at him and you smile, it actually makes him smile back. Come on. Just, listen, you, you might, it might be you that be the only one to bring somebody some joy in their life. You understand? God knows this stuff. You're the most prized possession of God. Amen. Can we say, I know who I am? Can we say, I mean, can you really say, I know. I know who I am. I, I know what my purpose is. I know, I know what God's doing. You know, we are challenged all the time. Ministry's challenged. You're challenging your faith, especially in the world we're living in today. All kinds of things will challenge you. Matter of fact, you'll be challenged by things that someone wanting to say something directly to you. You'll be challenged by something you see on the news. You'll, you'll be challenged by something you see on a commercial. You'll be challenged by activities of things that you see on your job or young people at school somewhere. But I want you to see this because James goes on to say that it's not good enough to hear who we are, but we must become who we are and who we were born to be. Look at your neighbor and say, I wasn't born to be wild. Born to be wild. I grew up in the 60s and 70s. I had the bell bottoms and the stacks. My dad thought I was crazy when Washington Mall opened up, and I drove clear over to Indianapolis to the Washington Mall and bought me a pair of suede orange stacks with a zipper that come up, big stacks. Paid $25 for them babies. That's a bargain today, by the way. He thought it was the craziest thing. I still do, yeah. We're not born to be wild. We're born, amen, to be who God made us be. Look at, look at verse 22 in chapter 1 of James. Look at this. Verse 22, he says, But be ye doers, because it continues on, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Because here's what happens when we are just hearers only and not doers. Deceiving your own selves. Come on. It's not God that's causing you to be confused. It's not even the enemy that's confusing you in some circumstances. Amen. It's ourself. That's why we've got to have respect for ourselves. That's why we've got to know who we are in God. Because when we know that, then guess what? We're not going to be involved with deceiving ourselves or allowing ourselves to be deceived. I want truth, even if it hurts. I want correction from the Word of God, I want instruction. It's meant to be. That's what God wants for his people. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving our own self. Verse 23. For if any, somebody say everyone. 
if any be a hearer of the word and not a, oh, come on. This ought to affect some people right now. This ought to hit home to you. If you are just a hearer only and not a doer, it's likened to a man beholding his face in a natural glass. If we could just come to church and just listen to the preacher and listen to the music and just hear, that's not good enough. That's not what God made you to be or wants you to be, just a hearer only. Verse 24, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway, get this part, straightway forgetteth what manner of man or person he was. You see, when we just see ourselves as a reflection, it's not going to affect us much at all. But because when we walk away, we'll, we'll forget what that reflection looked like. I promise you, I'm telling you the truth. I don't know how many times I think I'm much better looking than I see myself when I walk up to a mirror. Oh, my God. I look like my brother. My sibling, Brother Ronnie. We look too much alike. No, I think I look a whole lot better. But when I look at it and see, but when I walk away, guess what? I forget all about that. I ain't thinking about that no more. Matter of fact, I can't even picture it. I don't see myself that way. He said, for he behold himself and goeth away, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Verse 25, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Somebody shout the word. Amen. The perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not forgetteth. Get a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. What's a deed? It's what you do. Some say it's a work. It's what you do. In everything we do in word and in deed, what we do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when you think about, amen, what James is saying here, he continues on to say it's not just good enough to hear who we are, but we must become and must know what God wants for us. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody today. It's time you take it to the next level. Come on, take it to the next level of being a hearer and being a doer. A doer. Not just a hearer only, a doer. That's what God wants. He wants you to know who you are. Don't just hear these words, but believe them and put them into action. Look at your neighbor. You are the apple of God's eye. You are special. You are a prize. Come on, somebody else might look at you, not look at you and think, well, what a prize. But God sees you as a prize. God sees you as something special. Come on, God loves us all. We know that. Amen. But we've got to love ourselves. Why don't we love ourselves like we should? Because we know how we live. We do stuff. We pull stunts. We've done things. We feel guilty. We let all these, and all these weights lay upon us. And so we evaluate ourselves based on these weights. And some evaluate themselves based on their past. Listen, look at me, look at me. God wants you to hear this if you don't hear anything else. When you ask God to forgive you and you mean it, I mean when you really say, oh God, I re- I'm, forgive me, please Lord, forgive me. When you mean it, guess what? It's done. Come on, tell the devil it's done. 
I know who I am. I know the word of God. I know what the perfect law of liberty is. Amen. That's the word of God. That's the spirit of God. Why? Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. Come on. Praise him. Thank him. Let him know I know who I am. You ever tell somebody they're a loser? Just to see what kind of reaction they give. You know, you, you, have, you, have, you have two or three different reactions. Man, shut up, loser. Leave me alone. I know. I know. I can't do nothing right. Or then you got the other side of that. Who do you think you're talking to? Hey, young man. Hey, let me get hip. You don't know me like that. Or, you know, the old prison term, you better check my packet. Come on. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we just got to know, I got to know who I am. Listen, it doesn't matter what anybody says about my ministry, about my preaching, about who I am. I know God called me. I know I hear from God. I know what God wants. And that's what you've got to, come on, that's what you've got to know. You've got to have enough step respect about yourself to know God puts you where you are. Come on, he's taking you through what you ever, you need to go through. Stop blaming everybody else. Start with self. Realize, listen, sometimes I forget who I am. Sometimes I misplace my thoughts. Come on. You're the crown of his creation. I don't know why I keep saying, I want to say this. You're not an accident. You're not here in service by happenstance. God didn't bring you into this for you not to learn something on another level. Why? Because he wants to take you to another level. He wants you to see. Amen. God don't make mistakes. God calls you to do something. Guess what? Well, you know, I, I, you know. Remember Moses? Hey, I want you to go to, go talk to the man. Uh, the, the, uh, 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 I stutter a lot, and I, I don't I don't know that I could be the. Listen, God said, I don't make mistakes. I know who I call. If there's any mistakes made, it's us. Because we don't respect ourselves enough to know that when God calls, he will call somebody like me. Come on. God would call somebody like you, young person. God would give you a talent. God would give you an ability. Come on, we don't realize it. We don't think about it sometimes. But the devil don't want you to think that, amen, God wants you to do anything at all. And while you're going through it, how you handle it. God wants to see. Because in all reality, and I'm going to say this because it's by experience, we jump the gun. My personal pride will make me make decisions very quickly that I'll regret later. It happens. God wants us to know who we are. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a perfect gift from God. I look over at Sister Amy, I go, 
Did I have to say that? I haven't picked on you for a long time. No, perfect gift from God. These little fellows, as mean, honorary as they are, don't blame God for that. That's us. They're perfect. They're here for a reason. And I, like Brother Horner said, we better start taking some things a little more serious. We better realize this is the next church if the Lord tarries. Come on. We've got to instill in them some solid things. Amen. And let them know, listen, God placed you where you are. Come on, tell yourself, Satan has no power over me. The enemy can't mess with me unless I let him. You're here to bring glory to God. What are the ways we can bring glory to God? Come on, love one another. Have compassion. Have humility. Come on, develop servanthood. Because there's all kinds of ways that we can show God's glory to this world, to this community. If we focus on the first thing first, what is that? Love. If you don't love yourself, you can't love me. Come on, quit being so hard. Quit being so hard on yourself because you're making it hard on me. You know how many times I've told myself about Back off. You're being hard on them because you're hard on yourself. And we've got to realize, listen, if we focus on the first one, love. Mark 12, verse 30, 31. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with whatever you have left over. With whatever, come on, some of you need to hear this. Because your time is wasted. You're wasting precious time, God's time, by not realizing who you are and know who you are in God. We're told, so busy making a life for ourselves, ourselves, amen, making a home and making things, amen, and moving up at rank and at work and, and doing all kinds of things. That's life. But we've got to make sure we realize Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, verse 31, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor. Now listen, some people say, well, I, you know, my neighbor, next door neighbor. No, he's not talking about your next door neighbor. He's talking about others. He's talking about others, others that you come in contact with, whether it's your neighbor or whether it's somebody else. He's talking about others, that you should love thy neighbor, others as thyself. There is none other commandment greater. Come on, Lord, help us to know. Help us to know who we are because there's none other greater than this. These commandments, the second greatest commandment in this Bible is a command to love others. Notice, though, it has two parts. Look at it. Love your neighbor, others. Say it. As. Moi. Love others as you love yourself. Listen to me. So while you're destroying yourself, 
You're not fulfilling what God wants for you. So it's impossible for you to fulfill the true love of God because if you don't love yourself, amen, to tear yourself down, to destroy the temple, amen, this body, that's the temple for the Holy Ghost. When you're doing those kind of things, amen, you're not building up and knowing what God has or who you are in God. Look at it. Love your neighbor. Love others as yourself. How do we love other people? Some are difficult. Oh, Lord. Come on. He didn't say it wasn't going to be a challenge. God so loved the world. You read it, John 3, 16. I have it written down here. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever. Listen, you think that was easy? Because when you look at the garden, Jesus in the garden, he sweated. He prayed so, so intense. Sweated drops of blood and said, not my will. Knew, knew what he was about to think. Not my will, but thy will be done. You see, sometimes we got to get in agony a little bit. Especially when somebody's sitting in your face. Not my will, not my will. Come on, what's rougher or more greater than the cross? What Jesus was facing, come on, what is more greater than that? Because somebody's using foul language or somebody's saying something negative about you or somebody's looking at you cross-eyed, somebody's flipping you off, somebody's making fun of you. Come on. I keep telling the Lord this about myself. Help me to walk away. Because the longer I stand there and take it in, the more I want to respond. I'm going to get my word known. I don't care who, who's talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in there and I'm going to say how I feel. You don't have to do that. Ministry, we don't have to do that. I don't have to run down the rest of the world. All I got to do is preach the gospel. Come on, I don't have to browbeat organization. I don't have to browbeat others. I don't have to browbeat leadership. All I got to do is, listen, preach the word of God. It'll, it'll do its work. Come on, it, it'll, affect, it'll convict. It'll do what it's supposed to do if we do it. But we're so afraid because I don't want to offend you because it offends me. Because when you get mad at me, I'm going to have to deal with it. Come on, I hope I'm making it very clear. This is how this is how we struck every day. Every day we all we all deal with this kind of thing. He said, "Listen, you got to love others as you love yourself. If you're destructive with yourself, what are you going to be with others?" Think about it. How can I? Respect myself. How can you love and respect others if your love and respect for yourself is low? How do I do that? Because this is what the Bible says, as thyself. It's hard. I haven't found anywhere where the Lord says, I'm going to make it easy for you. Come on. Kind of like we do our kids. Some of the things we do for our kids, we want to make sure we make it so easy that they don't experience or go through something that we did. 
well, do you, do you feel like you turned out that bad? Because some of the things that, that you're trying to avoid them from learning, they need to learn. Their own. Because that's the only way you're going to learn to respect yourself. Because I remember, I remember making mistakes. And I remember stepping back and looking around and thinking, oh, nobody's seen that. Because, listen, it, nobody had to know to make me feel guilty. I felt guilty myself. Nobody had to go, ah, oh, look what you know. Oh, you know. And when that happens, guess what? That's a sign of maturity. That's a sign of growth. That's a sign of self-respect. I respect myself. Guess what? I ain't going to do that again. Because I don't like that big knot in my stomach for days. <laughs> Man, you can't write this stuff down. And think about it. If Jesus wants us to have great love for others, and he does, then when he said, as thyself, he also meant we must have a great love and respect for ourselves. Ourselves, not just others. Because the two actually go hand in hand as part of the second, first and second greatest commandment. Because I think all of us here today understand I'm not talking about a worldly self-esteem system. I'm not talking about what you put on to make you look flashy or to make you look sensual. Oh, we're laughing. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's what we do. We, wanna, we want people to notice us. You say, oh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't. Yes, you do. You need to, we need to check ourselves sometime. Come on. Listen, our ladies, we need to teach them to respect themselves. You don't have to go out looking like some lady of the night. You don't have to flash all your skin, show all your stuff. You don't have to expose your cleavage. You don't have to dye your hair green, purple, or red, amen, to fit into this world. Respect yourself. You don't have to get tattooed up, holes pierced in you. Oh, Lord, now, now I'm talking to a lot, a lot of folks. But it's the truth. It's when we lose respect for ourselves that we allow the enemy to convince us, man, that looks awesome. I look good. How do you look to God? I don't care how you think. How do you look to God? Because there's worldly self-esteem, but a godly love for yourself and an appreciation of the great creator, amen, that you are in the sight of God, the one that created you. You are his prized possession. That that ought to make you step back and say, you know what? I want to take care of this. I don't want this to look like the world. Come on, listen. I don't want, why? He said, be ye holy, for I'm holy. What does that mean? He said, there's none like me. That's what holy means. There's none like me, and I want there to be none like you. And we know in these last days, we see things happen over and over and in your face, and we're accepting. We're saying, well, that's the majority. That's what's happened. That's not God. That's not what God wants. That's why you've got, listen, you've got to know who you are, not just what the ministry tells you you are. You've got to know in God. Does God think you're pretty? Does God think you're good looking? I think he does. I think he does. 
Does he like your shape? I think he does. Listen, you want to blame things? God made this variety. Look at all the nations. God made the eyes. God made the black skin. God made, come on, God made all these features in all the world that we see when you travel. Listen, God did that. He allows these things that. Why? To show how unique we are. Why? Because it's a reflection of how unique he is. It starts with God. He's unique. He's special. And guess what? When he called you, when he made you, amen, when you're born, you're special. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know why I don't like myself. We don't like ourselves, personal failures. We've all messed up. I don't care who you are, Mr. and Mrs. Spiritual. I don't care how much you point your finger, what everybody else should or shouldn't be doing. We all mess up. Anybody battle the devil with your dreams? With your sleep? Because if he can't get you in the daytime, he'll try to mess with your head at night. Come on. In the past, you may have been criticized and abused by others. Leave it alone. What somebody else said or done, what somebody else did to you, amen, leave it alone. It might be that some are still not accepting you. I've been in this for 40 plus years. I wasn't accepted then in some, some areas, and it's still true today. It just happens. Because when you take a stand on some things, when you believe something, when you know who you are in God, when you know when God has told you something, you've got to stand firm and you've got to believe it out of respect for God and out of respect for yourself. Because what happens? When we don't, it leads to a lack of faith. And listen, listen, this is what I believe, Brother Horner touched on it about the volcano. This church is about to see some miracles Explode, erupt. Well, when we all get on board, we'll really see it happen. But, well, you know, these 15 ain't going to get it. And if you're, you're trying to hold back because you don't want to see this church go forward, you better get out of the way because if you don't, God will move you. I said God will move you. That's how much respect he has. That's how much he loves his possession. Come on, we should let him know. Well, others don't feel that way. God does. Others don't want to use me. God does. Just get yourself ready. Just get some respect about yourself, amen, and stand for the things of God and know, amen, God has brought you out. God has brought you into something greater. Come on, we can't afford to lose our faith. If we lose our faith in God, what does he say? You can't please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We've got to get the faith built back up in the church so that we can be pleasing to God. Amen. If that's repetitive to you, amen, then that's right. We've got to keep on preaching. It's got to keep on happening until we get it. Jesus.
Amen. I'm about to close. Romans chapter 4. I told the Lord, I'm going to take a little extra time today. You're crockpotted, I'm sorry. Some of you don't know what a crockpot is? Can I say this before I move on? If you learn anything, strive for anything, learn to leave and release your past. Release yourself from your past. How do we do that, Brother Bill? It's important. It's important for us to realize we begin by accepting God's mercy and his grace. We accept his forgiveness. You realize when you mess up, what do you need to do? Well, I've been baptized for the Holy Ghost. You know, I shouldn't have never messed up because the Holy Ghost is supposed to guide me. Well, okay. You messed up, and you will. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been serving God. What do you do? Realize I messed up. Lord, forgive me. That's what we've got to learn to do is ask God to forgive us because if we don't feel like we need to ask for forgiveness, then guess what? We're going to carry that baggage and it's going to affect us. That's what's happening. Amen. We're allowing those things, amen, to affect us. But to him that worketh, Romans 4 verse 5, to him that worketh not but believeth on him that justifieth, get this, watch, the ungodly. What? God will justify the ungodly? His faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also described and, and the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. He didn't do nothing for it, but God blessed him. God made him right. I can't do it. We can't do it. It's God that does it. Look at me. I know people that's got a good heart, but they can't let it manifest. They're flesh. Keeps getting in the way. Come on, you got a good heart. You want the right things. Let it release it. Let it happen. That's what God wants. Verse 7. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. I love this. I love this. God knows what he's doing. Because listen, I don't care who we are. None of us deserve to be forgiven. None of us. But in his mercy, God chooses to forgive. Come on. Stand with me. Another way to show God's glory is by our testimony, our witness. And let me say this here to some of you. I don't care how long you've been serving the Lord. I don't care if you hold a position. God does things on his terms. Write it down if you need to remind yourself. God's grace only works on his terms. Our personality is unique. Our testimony is unique. God has taken you through things, amen, that you testify about that as a blessing to someone else, and they see encouragement, and they see it, something that encourages it and makes their faith stronger. You don't have to be like Brother Church. You don't have to be like Sister Church. You don't have to be like somebody else. Come on. We look at it. 
our church don't have to be like another church. Oh, somebody needs to get this. But when we're looking, always looking for something else, it shows that we're not satisfied. Come on. We've got to learn to be content in the state and the place that God has placed us. If I'm trying to get out of this place and God says, I want you in this place, guess what? We've got a conflict of interest. And I promise you, I won't win. You can't win against God. First Peter chapter 2. We know this. We quote it. We say it. But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy people, a holy nation. A pecu- look at a peculiar people. Bernie, you're peculiar. That you, that, you should, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Stop being mad because God's calling you out of this world. Stop fighting against it. God, come on. We should show forth praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are called to show people. Come on, would you close your eyes right now all over this place? I want you to begin to talk to God on your own, on your own. Nobody else can reach the people that you're called to reach. That's what makes you even more unique. There are a lot of people that will listen to your testimony, but they won't pay attention to mine. Come on, they won't listen to Brother Church, but they'll listen to you. Nobody else goes where you go. Nobody else works where you work. Nobody else has the friends that you have. But the devil wants you to think that your mistakes have put you on the outs with God. Maybe it wasn't the devil. Maybe it was just some authority in your life that said you've messed up and God will never use you again. It happens. Happens, people mistake that all the time. People carry that baggage. But my Bible tells me who can forgive sins but God alone. God alone. Come on. If you can accept his forgiveness, that makes you righteous. If you can have faith in his mercy, you can make it. If you can grab a hold of his grace, God, oh, will use you. His love, we say, is unconditional. But there's one condition of his love, and that's you. You're the only uncondition. You have to understand and you have to know who you are in him to accept it. Come on, would you lift your hands all over this place? I'm going to say this, and it's not for my benefit, none whatsoever, but I'm going to say this. Some of you are not getting it. You're simply not getting it. 
You sit here and you go back out and it's the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old. That's not God's purpose or intention. Come on. It's not that a preacher gets up here and just passes time and just says things. We better believe that God wants us to know who we are, who I am in him.